0: Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. Must be 21 or older. Peranson has it. He'll clear himself of Lemieux. Got him behind the defense on a breakaway. Lemieux one on one against Hurst. Comes in. Backhander. Hey! Shouts and scores. Mario Lemieux beats Colt in her Hurst. Like a red mule. Minus three. With Dave Damaschek. There you have it. 30 years and a day past, perhaps 66 Lemieux's greatest regular season performance. Hi and hello, and welcome to Minus Three Sports Fans, presented as ever by Omaha. Eddie Spaghetti there after a sports weekend now consumed, hopefully to his satisfaction. We're ready to roll here. Chad Ryder from NFL media about to join us to talk about the 2023 NFL draft. Looking forward to that. One of the best in the business. He doesn't just do a one round mock. He does multiple rounds of mock drafting for you. So make sure you're checking out his work. We'll kibitz with him about all the hot button issues of the upcoming draft in just a second. Meantime. So happy anniversary to Lemieux. Why did I play that? Because It's minus three, and I like Lemieux, and that was the 30th anniversary of it. And the NHL playoffs are nigh. Eddie Spaghetti's team is getting ready for that. The Rangers, it's going to be very entertaining. The NBA playoffs are about ready to roll as well. We'll get into our picks on both of those postseasons with Kevin Hench later in the week. Make sure you're checking out for that. Meantime, happy birthday to Olmo Damashek. I don't know how old she is, but she is one old bat. And I know it because I witnessed it myself. I was just in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, doing some stuff with the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll have that ready for you as the calendar unfolds. But great times heading out there. Odell Beckham is headed to Baltimore. And the Ravens, a little surprising because the rumor was that Odell was going to be talking with the Jets on Monday about fitting into an Aaron Rodgers offense. And of course, Joe Douglas announced over the weekend that Aaron Rodgers is indeed heading to the Jets. The particulars have yet to be determined. Speaking of things green, congratulations to John Rahm. He now has a green jacket. Um, you know, Eddie Spaghetti, it occurs to me just very quickly, and then we'll get to to Chad here. We've had the debate about, would you rather have a green jacket or a gold jacket? Where Where did you come down on that one?
1: Oh, I'm for sure a Hall of Famer. Uh, give me the gold jacket over the green jacket. I, I used to play golf. I have nothing against golf. I understand the Masters is something that people look forward to. It kind of uh, starts off the spring season, but I, I, th- I just feel like, you know, you could win a Masters and you can kind of fade into oblivion. Whereas if you watch football... You most likely know uh, the vast majority of Hall of Famers. I think it's a little bit more significant. It means you had a really good career for a very long time. So I, I think the Pro Football Hall of Fame is way, way higher up than winning one tournament.
0: I agree that you probably get more recognition from society, but how it impacts the rest of your life. Either you get to go to a small town in Ohio for the rest of your life, or you get to go and play at Augusta for the rest of your life. Which one of those sounds better?
1: It's definitely playing Augusta. I've heard great things about the course. I know people that have been there, but you know, to me again, as somebody who did play golf competitively in school, um, it's sometimes like when you have a bad day early on, like in the first hole, the second hole, uh, I was a person that I could never shake. I was like, well, this day, this round will be miserable. I would hate the feeling of showing up to Augusta. And then your first tee shot is just, to like totally left and then you just like all right well today's one of those days and you're, and you're wasting your trip playing at augusta i i feel like i'd be cursed and have that happen so i'd be worried about
0: that oh man i just I, of all the golf courses we've seen talk about iconic we know every hole i can describe at least the back nine i can i can envision every single hole at augusta i would love to be of all the holes i'd like to play see now i can't even think of which one it is is it 12 the par three and 16, the part of all the golf holes in the world, I I would most like to play. I'd like to play the par three 16th and I'd like to play the par five 15th of, mm-hmm. at Augusta. Those would be the top two holes in in all the world that I would get to go out there on. I'd love to do that. All right. Let's talk some NFL draft. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. Hey, hey, Caesar's Sportsbook. It's not just an app. It's a whole empire. Iconic casinos, hotels, world-class restaurants. It's all yours with Caesar's Rewards because every bet you place, win or lose, earns reward credits, which you can redeem for hotel stays at over 50 destinations, meals, tickets, merch, bonuses, and more. So get started now. A-S-A-M-P, create an account with promo code OmahaFull. Omaha, the word, and the word full. You know what I'm talking about. 21 and over, 19 and over in Ontario must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana. Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming or Washington, D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Utah and other states where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem, Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Ohio, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or Maryland-VISIT mdgamblinghelp.org or West Virginia. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas. Affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call one 770 Stop through Horseshoe Bossier city and harris new orleans massachusetts if you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling please call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.ma.org for 24 7 support michigan call 1-800-270-7117 new york call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope ny
3: Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets pizza, better because it has to be. All right, listen, it's time to get in hot and heavy
0: to the 2023 NFL draft. We had a great conversation in anticipation of last year's draft. We figured we got to run it back again. Why try and fix what ain't broke? Here he is, everybody from NFL Media, NFL.com. He goes the extra mile. Some people do first round mock drafts. He runs deep. He blows past that. Gets into the second, third, and beyond. It's our old pal Chad Ryder. What's happening, Pally? Ah, uh, it's uh, my time of
2: year, man. Loving it. April's the best month. So I got to watch the Masters, but now we're getting close to the draft. It's it's fantastic.
0: Did you eat any Easter candy? Uh,
2: A little too much, probably, but uh, that's okay. I survived. I made it in here. So we're all good.
0: My hot take is that Easter candy isn't good collectively. A lot of milk chocolate, a lot of marshmallow. Not a lot for Dave to like in that mix.
2: No, I don't do peeps and all that jazz. I just stick with the the chocolate. And if it's got some peanut butter in it too, I, I'm all good with that as well. But yeah, I, I stay away from the, from the marshmallow-y kind of stuff.
0: And we still got to get to the bottom. Not since the Phoenix Suns gorilla, completely senseless. I mean, like why was, why a gorilla? Uh, yeah. You know, you're the sun, the the blazing orb in the sky that, that, that makes our galaxy. So. What's an ape have to do with it? I'm not unclear uh, on that, but a bunny associated with Easter. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, it's very springtime, you know? I mean, I get yeah. it. The bunnies start coming out and all that. I mean, I, I, that makes a little more sense to me than, you know, like an ape and, um, you know, in Phoenix. That's that's really not what I'm thinking of. I mean, like, if they did, like, uh, javelinas or something, that would make sense because those bad boys – You know, you don't want to run into them because you'll never see the sun again when you when you do that. But like gorillas, I don't don't get it.
0: Yeah, it doesn't make sense. And, um, you know, do you remember the picture of Tom Brady holding the goat and then he ended up being the goat? Yeah. Aaron Rodgers, like, you know, Jesus went into darkness for three days Right. And, and Aaron Rodgers went in for four days. So I don't know if Aaron right. Rodgers is now go, or, or if Jesus, I should say, is going to demand a trade to the Jets um, in response to this. But maybe Aaron Rodgers should take a picture with a rabbit because he mm. is a Christ-like figure, at least in his own mind.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not going to draw those parallels, but, yeah. um, you know, be, but I, I'm in his own mind. Yeah. Maybe there's some some uh, comparison that look that's a tough decision i mean look the beating your body takes the work you have to put in and it's a lot of money and you want to be competitive but it's not an easy it's not an easy call when you reach that point in your career nor you know getting a new um you know living in a new place and all that stuff so whatever he's got to do um you know all power to him
0: do you buy Joe Douglas GM of the jets announcing to uh, a pro jets audience? Oh, it's going to happen. Rogers is going to be here. I assume he says that he, he, he certainly seems confident if you've seen the clip of him saying it. And I also, yeah. I mean, listen, I'm jumping to conclusions here. I assume from the Packers side of things, this is a deal that has to happen pre-draft. And so If we're hearing that from Douglas, I assume that he knows something. So before we jump into some draft talk here, obviously this is germane to it. You think Rogers lands in New York and the Packers get at least a first round pick, which could be a major inflection point in the upcoming draft.
2: Well, I I don't know that they'll necessarily get the first round pick. Uh, Mm. My latest mock actually had them getting the two second round picks that, you know, the Jets made that trade for Elijah Moore, giving them a second round pick. So now they have 42 and 43. And that's generally equivalent, maybe not quite the value of the 13th, but you know, that's still pretty good value if they were to get both of those picks rather than the first. And, and Gutekunst has actually said, it's, we're not we're going to require a first round pick necessarily this year um, for Rodgers. So if they get the two seconds, they can always try to move up using one of those picks into the first round again, or earlier in the second round to get somebody they really like. But I would think they would also get a conditional pick next year. And it'll be interesting to see if if they can, you know, get like it's a, a third that could become a second or a second that could become a first depending on what the jets do this year. So my guess is that they'll get a couple of selections over a couple of years, but I don't think it necessarily has to be number 13 this year as part of that.
0: Well, maybe I'm, I mean, this is like asking um, somebody who works at Hershey's to denounce milk chocolate. But as we jump into this, I think that there is a fixation among not just general managers or head coaches, uh, you know, the, the notion of optimism exists down the road. And if you can, if if your current situation ain't ideal, at least if you can look out onto the horizon and assume there's there's uh, sunnier days ahead, that, you know, fans get into that. And, and therefore, the idea of getting draft picks. Oh, we, we've got a first next year or in two years. People... To me, people are, have officially gotten a little over their skis. And yeah. I'm not talking about philosophically about our four major sports. Let's apply it to pro football here. I mean, it, it's a completely different can of worms, too, when you're right. starting to talk about NBA, NHL, MLB, and you're talking about 18- and 19-year-olds. That That's a different fact how much they're going to um, mature physically and otherwise. But in the NFL specifically, where do you come down on – the coveting of draft picks over what you have and trying to retain those guys, the importance of retaining the guys you want versus trying to reboot and going to the draft and the ongoing, you know, imperfect uh, optimism that exists with teams for that.
2: Well, the thing is, is that I don't think teams like if the Packers wanted Aaron Rodgers and he had returned their phone calls and this was four years ago, they're not trying to get draft picks for them. They want to keep them. We saw this last year. And I think when we talked, I said, look, they're they're not going to get rid of them this year. It's probably going to be next year. But at this point, they're just ready to move on. So I think in those situations, I don't think teams give up guys they want for draft picks just because they're draft picks. I think they give up guys because they know a, that they're not going to pay them a big free agent contract coming up next year. And so they want to get something in return. And then, um, And then, you know, this is like free agency in general. People are like, oh, we got to get this free agent from this team. Like if that team really thought he was any good, they would have resigned. Mm -hmm. So I don't think, I think the idea, and I mean, we've seen it with the Rams, you know, you know, F them picks or whatever. We've seen this. We've seen this with teams that are like, look, picks are not gold. But if we have, if we know we're not going to resign a guy, And we don't think he's the future of this team. Then we got to get something for him, and and I think that's where we're at right now with Aaron Rodgers with the Packers. We got to get something for him uh, before he retires, and and that happens all the time. So I don't, I don't necessarily think it's you know the GMs think that draft picks are automatic things. It's just you just don't want to see a guy that you really want on your team walk away for for nothing.
0: It's getting something back, right? With in, in instead of getting nothing for the player you've invested in yeah. some costs and all that kind of stuff. All right, so um, to kind of give some pace to it and not labor for your sake over every single one of your mock draft picks, unless you want to clear the next two and a half hours, and we can certainly yeah. pour over it. I have nothing better to do with my time, but uh, to somebody who, like you say, this is your sweet spot on the uh, sports calendar, so. Um, In deference to you, I want to kind of go through the first round here and as much as you can idea it, tell us what the major inflection points are, where big spot choices, where it does feel to you like the team um, has possibly two or three or four different ways to go there. And the uh, choose your own adventure kind of nature of where the draft can go yeah. from from here. So the first overall pick, a uh, spoiler alert. Uh, you can check this out like I already said at NFL.com and I encourage you to do it. Great fun going through these. Um, I'm sure, try- do you love doing them? Our guy, uh, Jeremiah, our mutual friend, DJ, yeah. belly aches about having to do these. I think it's great fun. What's fun. Nobody's going to hold well, you to any of these, especially when you put out like him. He does 27 a year. What, you, right. He's bound to be right on at least a few of them, right? Well, you know, that's the thing.
2: Like, it just depends on how you approach it and what people expect from me. And and I think for me, it's just a big puzzle. And I love putting them together because that's all I, I treat with them. I, try, I just try to get... The players in the right general area of when they're going to get picked, because, you know, there's no way you can read the minds of 32 teams. And even if you talk to NFL guys about where they think people are going to go, they're not right because we're human beings and we can't predict the future to any more than like the normal extent. Right. But so it's just really meant to be fun. I try to think of interesting things that maybe other people don't think could happen could actually happen and just try to have fun with it. So no, I love doing these. I do a couple of four rounds. The seven round is like the ultimate puzzle. Like the one your grandma's been working on for six months in the kitchen that just never gets done. And, and, you know, I, I always say that mock drafts are never completed. They're just submitted. So I just try to have fun with it. And in this one, you know, like the number one pick, we don't know if it's, uh, you know, it's going to be uh Bryce young or it's going to be CJ Stroud. Maybe it's going to be Bryce young. That's the newest rumor out there, but, you know, I think C.J. Stroud is a really good fit for the kind of guy that Frank Reich has always had um, in the past. So I think it could really go either direction. Um, and, and so that is it know, wild. Number-
0: but do you think? But do you think? First of all, uh, by the way, mock drafting at the fan level, everybody's a pretentious. And so people don't like hearing like, well, just for fun, I just am doing this for fun. I want accuracy. I insist on it because I have decided my favorite team needs to draft this guy at number 19. Never mind everything that might realistically happen in front of all that. I need, I demand answers, but it is, it is getting to be. A little bit like the March Madness pools. Everybody now fills out a a first round. All all the schnooks under the sun, including me, love to project it out there. So, okay, do you think this close to the draft, do you think at least the Carolina Panthers war room knows where they're going? We have to assume that, right? Or do you think they're really still having a debate?
2: I don't think. I mean, I think they have an idea of where they know where they're going. But they're going to continue to work through this process over the next couple of weeks. And they're going to make sure they're going to go under every, you know, every nook and cranny. They're going to do everything they possibly can to to make sure that the guy that they want is the guy. They're going to talk to their high school guidance counselors, you know, all that stuff. The, The due diligence is what they call it. So they're going to do it. And, you know, right, you know, like the week before the draft, they're going to make their mind up. And, and then they'll go from there um, and and honestly like they still might be getting phone calls from teams talking like like for example if Houston really wants something are they still talking with Houston and they're saying look we could take either of these guys let's get a couple picks from Houston in the process so they have to go through all those iterations because you don't want to screw this up um, and in fact you can get too much information uh, and and you can go too far down that rabbit hole and um, teams can mess that up too so once they made the decision, they live with it. They move on to who they're going to pick later in the draft and, and think about different scenarios with that as well. So um, it's really, you know, they're, they're still thinking about it. I think.
0: I think like we've talked about before I have mentioned <clears throat> it, my vanity makes it so that I would love to be, I would prefer to be um, the Houston Texans in this scenario. Cause then you can't <clears throat> really get angry at me. Like when well, they took the guy wait, wait. Well, they took Stroud. We were gonna take right. him, Texans fans. Right. We got stuck with Bryce Young. It didn't work out, but that's not <laughs> our fault because they took the guy we wanted, is always your fallback position. Um, just I guess in, in in as much as you can. I'm sure you're tired of answering this question, but okay. You know, the the perennial, the the you know, the roller coaster of QB evaluation, and now yeah. we're almost at another finish line here, but we were told Bryce Young. We were told a year ago, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are better than anybody that's available in the 22 draft. And in the 22 uh-huh. draft, people were saying, well, you should have waited. 21 was the time to get a QB. Now you got to wait. And this is the <laughs> ebb and flow of it. Yeah. Every year, every year. It goes on like this. Um, Just very quickly, give us your win play show of the QBs you want. Levis is hanging around there with his mayonnaise coffee and all of that and eating bananas yeah. whole. And then there's Anthony Richardson, who is... Cam Newton, Josh Allen combo sprays it around, but Supreme athlete and all that. And then you have these top two guys on two powerhouse college programs. Give, give us a win play show how you would go.
2: Well, to be honest, I would look really hard at Anthony Richardson at number one, Hmm. uh, because I think he has the, if you're, you know, 10 years down the road, he could easily be the best of these guys. He could easily be the biggest playmaker Um, You want to, you know, as you mentioned, Josh Allen is a good example of a guy who had all these tools and and became more accurate um, with some work and and things like that. And I think Richardson, and and Richardson, by the way, makes some really nice throws. I mean, he's not, he's not a guy that's like, you know, look, he's not Christian Hackenberg, okay? He's not a guy that can't hit the broadside of a barn and then somebody takes him in the second round for whatever reason, that's not what he is. He is a playmaker, and he makes some throws where he can place the ball in, in a in a place where a defender can't get to it, but his guy can make a play after it. He does that sometimes. In other times, he's trying to throw it in between levels of defense, and he doesn't have the touch to do it. So he's just inaccurate, or in in inconsistent with his accuracy. His ball placement is not excellent. At the combine, for example, you saw CJ Stroud making a lot of very accurate throws. And Richardson's ball placement was not as good, but in the end, you're looking at a guy that can make real plays and, and Stroud could do this too, but, but really as a runner, really as a guy on the move with an excellent arm and get the ball deep to his guy. So if he gets receivers that can help him be more accurate accuracy, you know, there's pinpoint and then there's area code accuracy. And if you have good receivers they can make you look really good. So I think, and it's a team game. So I think Richardson has a chance to be the best out of all these guys. I think next would be Bryce Young on mine, just because he's he's such a, a combination of poise, playmaking ability, leadership. I just think he's, he's really, he's like Russell Wilson. Um, if Russell Wilson would have came out now, I think he would have been, he wouldn't be a third round pick now. He'd be in the top 10. And mm-hmm. I think Young is that kind of, that kind of guy. Because we're over the height thing um and, and so i think he's there and then stroud look as stroud even as the number three guy in this group he's fantastic like he, he's very accurate from the pocket and he showed like my notes early in the season were like this guy can run he just chooses not to and then we saw you know in the playoff that oh he can run when when given the opportunity And it's just it's it's there but he's been force-fed and you have to stay in the pocket and all that stuff so really win place and show, you you know, it's like three 30 to one shots going win place and show, right? You're going to make a lot of money no matter what, uh, if you, if you bet on these guys, but, but you know, to me, Richardson, there's a real chance to be really, really good.
0: Is he, are we um, sort of, because everybody loves the comps, his pro comp is this guy. And and I just said it, Josh Allen, plus some Cam Newton mixed in there. Are we sleeping on the fact that, that Anthony Richardson was in the SEC, whereas Josh Allen was over at Wyoming yeah. playing lesser competition. Are we, to some degree, sleeping on Anthony Richardson? Because I, I'm kind of with you. I mean, it, depending on what game you happen to flip on with the Gators this yeah. year, you would say, "Well, yeah. I'm not this guy." There's nobody better. Bryce Young or anybody else isn't better than this guy is. But if you caught the the stinker that the Gators yeah. threw out some of some of those, and there were some of those is that a possibility I I mean I bottom line is yeah. I guess I'm a pedigree snob and I look at Anthony Richardson and I think man are are the Texans not gonna are they really gonna take the little guy and Bryce young if he's sitting there and all the ready-made the win now kind of traits that it feels like Bryce Young has versus the promise of Anthony Richardson
2: well and again you have to you you know, you can't have it both ways. Uh, Bryce Young played in the SEC. He had some very good games against great. So I think the the argument is, well, Young was much more uh, productive and consistent against SEC and Richardson wasn't. So you can kind of go both ways on that. But I, I think in the end, it's, it's really about the fit with the scheme too, or what, what you expect of your quarterback. If, if Anthony Richardson ends up playing for Shane Steichen in Indianapolis and he can, and Steichen can do with Richardson what he did with Jalen Hurts and put that kind of offense around him. He's got a chance to really be good. And and mm-hmm. if Richardson goes to a place where they're not willing to do some, you know, like it's a different system and they, and they try to make him something he's not, then it's going to be more difficult for him to, to become what, he, so it, it's really, um, it's really a matter of where you're at, your circumstances, as well as your talent. So it's really a combination, a marriage of those things. So, um, but you know, Bryce was up against the highest competition. He performed very well. And this year, Young maybe didn't look as good as he did the year before, but he didn't have Jameson Williams on this side, John Mechie over here. And so if you get him in that situation again, he's going to be really good too. So I think, I think all three of those guys really have a chance to be great.
0: So I think the Texans are quietly doing some great stuff. They've been one of those teams that was a play, you know, they were in the playoffs. I feel like we regard the Texans, uh, the the reality of the Texans is actually a little bit better than how we regard them because they haven't had huge January success, but they were always in the mix there for, for a pretty good run. And I think they're bouncing back in a big way. And I think they're, they're loading up pretty good there. The QB, it seems certain the Colts, I'm curious trying to get in at three because I think you bring up and I'm sorry. I'm, I, I know I'm getting bogged down at the very top here. And I said, I want to find the inflection points, but I think this is the big one. If you're the Colts and all things are equal, I think you would rather have Lamar Jackson than let's say Anthony Richardson, but all things are not equal. One guy right. has played won an MVP, but that's getting kind of far in the rear view mirror in pro football yeah. terms, injuries, two straight years, He's going to cost way more than a rookie is to build around. But if it breaks in a certain way and Anthony Richardson isn't there, do you think the Colts are comfy with, well, CJ Stroud, listen, he's a big 10 guy backyard. This is going to be an easy sell. Yeah. Or let's go get Lamar Jackson with the way we're structured. We can win right now with this cat. If we trade him to Baltimore, how say you.
2: Yeah. I, I think, I think you want to, and the thing is, is Lamar is different than the Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, you know, so it's a different, but they may, they may just want a guy that they can mold into the type of quarterback they want in the type of system they want. And and so they may prefer to go the, the youth route. The thing is they may, I mean, look, the Raiders may be calling Arizona at three you know Seattle at five i mean you don't know what these other teams are going to do so they may have to swap out with Seattle and move up that one spot to get the guy that they want and that gives up some other draft capital which they would you know have to give now it's not as much as they'd have to give up for Lamar but um they may have to make that move so you know i think they still go the youth way uh, that's what i think they're going to do but they may have to you know move up a spot to to get the guy they want
0: um, all right, now let's jump to the 5-6 spot there. My sense is, you know, uh, all the talk about we want uh, a good member of the community and all that. I think they, ideally, that would <laughs> be what any pro franchise drafts in. But Jalen Carter ain't getting by the 5-6 spot there. Seahawks, Detroit. True or false?
2: Uh, false. I think there's a there's a decent chance he does. Uh, he wow. gets into the 7-8-9. Yeah. I don't think he's going to leave the top 10. Um, but I'll, t- I'll tell you why. First of all, Seattle last year, if you paid attention to what John Schneider was saying, is they he kind of went back to his roots in terms of not paying attention to character and, and things like that. And and he said it right after the draft because they picked some guys that the last few years you they wouldn't have. But I think the Malik McDowell episode um, and some other things maybe made him rethink about what he was doing during the draft process. So I think Jalen Carter might be out the door for that reason. Hmm. Um, and Detroit certainly could pick Carter. Uh, I, you know, I wouldn't blame him if they did, but on the other hand, I think they saw when you get a guy like Aiden Hutchinson, who the Jaguars passed up on. And I think you see what a guy with the motor and the, the want to, and and the really the passion for the game Um, and you saw what you get with Aiden Hutchinson, I I think they're going to really look at a guy like Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa, um, who is basically the same kind of athlete that Trevon Walker was. I mean, more or less that vaulted him to number one. And I think they're looking for a guy who can play multiple spots because they're, they've changed up their scheme, you know, last year. So a guy like that, or maybe one of the cornerbacks, um, even though they got some guys in free agent. Seems like they're loaded
0: up in the secondary all of a sudden up there. Well,
2: yeah, but Emmanuel Mosley's coming off injury and signed a one-year deal. Uh, So that's not as big of a deal, I think, as as a lot of people think. Um, But regardless, I think they have some other options. So they might pass on Carter. And if they don't, I, I get it. I mean, he's super talented. So, I mean, I think it could come down to like, the Raiders in Atlanta and the bears as to where he ends up.
0: Interesting. Um, I, you know, I'm interested in the lions too. It occurred to me a week or two ago that if there weren't the baggage of being the Detroit lions and their sorry history, we would collectively football fans would be like, well, that's the team, right? The NFC, they're, they're a top two or three team. Jared Goff is sort of the question mark, but again, Jared Goff has baggage from the LA days right. and the heavy contract and all that, but he's probably better than we think too. Do you think, I guess, bottom line question is, do you think, where do they perceive themselves? Like we're content, we're not taking a QB. We're not taking Anthony Richardson. No. We don't need that right. right now. We're loading up for 2023 to make a real That's run right. at this thing.
2: That's what I think. I think okay. they know that they're in a position, the NFC North's in, in a changeover period, the NFC in, as a conference behind the eagles i mean there's i mean the giants and the cowboys and the the lions maybe in that conversation with the vikings and other teams that want to push for it so yeah i think they're going to go that direction and pick a quarterback i have them taking a quarterback like in the third and fourth round um aiden o'connell from purdue would be a great backup for jared goff this year and he could come become a starter we don't know jared goff played five really good games at the end of the year they were against some teams that weren't very good so and mostly division practice. so uh you know we'll see how that plays out this year i think they'll take a the quarterback but not not early
0: um the another perennial question is when there's a high-end running back do you take him in the first round you have the texans at 12 taking Bijan robbins i, I think a, you know in texas just like earl campbell yeah. tyler rose all that uh, went to the houston oilers this would be neat if you get another texas kid um, staying in in Houston, um, I'd love to see. I, to me, my 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 philosophy is on this because you need to know it is. Uh, I think if you think you're a running a high end runner away as a finishing piece contender for yeah. the playoffs or the Super Bowl, then that's fine. the The issue, as I've said ad nauseum, is second contract is where you make your mistake with yeah. a running back. But yeah. a rookie guy who you can give the ball to three hundred times. For, right. the, for the next four or five years um, is juicy stuff. Do you think there's a chance that one of those contending teams, the Texans are probably not that? Do, do you see a team out there like the Cowboys as a, for instance, or even Detroit? I, I I think the Lions are so sort of ready to be real competitive that I'd rather them, if I'm a Lions fan, yeah. I'd rather them take Robinson than I would to take a QB to see if he develops yes. behind Jared Goff.
2: Absolutely. I I think um, I put the, I put Robinson to the bears um, one uh, last time, because you know, how good would that be with Justin Fields? Um, And I I understand a lot of people say you shouldn't take a running back in the top ten because the attrition at the position, just Mm -hmm. injuries are difficult and all that stuff. And I get that. But I think Robinson is one of these guys that his game is sort of reminiscent of Christian McCaffrey. I think he's a better prospect than like Leonard Fournette or Zeke. Um, Hmm. both win at four. So like, I won't be shocked if he goes anywhere from three to Arizona to 12 to Houston and anywhere in between the Eagles at 10 would be a fan. I mean, they typically wouldn't take a guy like that, but in terms of their, their fit in terms of a a guy that they want like that, I think they'll probably go for like Jamar Gibbs in the second round or something like that or late in the first, but I think there's spots where he can go. And the thing is, is that football is becoming positionless. And I think Robinson is a guy that you could put in the slot. Uh, He's a Mm. really good receiver out of the backfield. You can move him around and do different things with him. And I think you're starting to see a lot more of that with all the smaller receivers getting picked early and things like that. It's it's less about running back receiver tight end than slot outside backfield, you know, where these guys are lining up rather than their quote position. So I think he's a real good value in the top 12 picks
0: couple few more here for you as we hit the midway point in the first round. The Packers transitioning, obviously, presumably, as we say, away from Rodgers. I, well, obviously, I don't yeah. think Aaron Rodgers is going to be their quarterback. So no. how best do they get ready for the Jordan Love era here? Um, and, I, I, you know, I see you have them looking at wide receiver, which will surely vex Aaron Rodgers sitting there in the Jets if they, if they take a wide receiver.
2: Yeah, yeah, they're definitely – look – there's a chance, and in this, draft, in this mock draft, I had them taking two receivers and a tight end, and that would send them over the moon, I'm sure. But oh, the thing geez, is, right. is that the value has to be there, right? So let's just say that Jackson Smith and Jigba is not available to them in 15. I don't know that there's any other receiver they would take at that spot. So they look at Michael Mayer, the tight end from Notre Dame, potentially. But I won't be surprised. Let's just say that they get the 13 pick from the Jets. And like a Paris Johnson or a Peter Skronoski as his offensive lineman, I think they grab him because they need depth so badly in that mm-hmm. offensive line in some ways. And the better your offensive line is, the better Jordan Love's going to look. The better your running game, which is going to be more important for them this year. And by the way, it should because they used a second-round pick on A.J. Dillon a couple of years ago, and they barely barely used him, you know, so uh, really. Um, That's so, my like, issue,
0: by the way. It's not yeah. that, and maybe that is ultimately – uh, on Aaron Rodgers, but I, I, it wasn't taking AJ Dillon. It was right. developing or, or getting the pieces to run a certain kind of offense. And maybe it was just Aaron Rodgers saying like, yeah, but I, I'm Aaron Rodgers. I don't want to play that kind of an offense and ignoring well, it, but it seemed like they were loaded up to grind you.
2: Well, and, and he a hall of fame quarterback. The ball should be in his hands all yeah. the time. Right. That's, I mean, that's why that's what you do. So that's why I didn't understand the pick at the time. But anyway, now that you have them, now that you've re signed Aaron Jones, you have a couple of really good running backs. And I think um, getting an offensive lineman early would be good. They could use some help on the defensive line. So there's a lot of different ways they could go. And it, you know, it may not be the guys that the Packers want, like you said, the fans are, are different in the way that they view things. But in the end, you know, you have to take that best player that's there at 15. And if they get 13 as well, then you know, you, you could go a bunch of different directions there.
0: Um, All right, we got to jump to the Pittsburgh Steelers here. And the first question at number 17 is, because I went back and forth all last spring, into autumn, through the season, came through clean on the other side with some big wins down the stretch. We got to see what Kenny Pickett was made of. We hear a lot about clutch and coming through in big spots. Kenny Pickett did that once, twice, three times in the way the season wound up. And there are still some Steelers fans out there that would say, Dude, they should have tanked, dude. They would have been better because they would have got a higher pick. Yeah. It's like, but then you wouldn't know what Kenny Pickett is. And if they wouldn't yeah. have won those games down the stretch, then we would be in Pittsburgh. People would be wringing their hands about, like, I don't think Kenny Pickett's it. Instead, we feel very good about him. And to yeah. your point that I make, you know, repeatedly, obviously, any human being is going to be better if you have a good offensive line in front of him. Right. Right. I think that's exactly what that, uh, Andy Weidel has. I think they're set up to go best player available. How say you?
2: Well, they haven't used a first round pick on an offensive lineman since 2012. It's crazy. And now that Kevin Colbert is really more of a guy that they call occasionally rather than being in the room, I don't know if that'll change. But, you know, it's certainly a Broderick Jones from Georgia could be the right pick for them and and to to, but, but thanks to the bears making a classic, classic blunder, not having a land war in Asia, but trading a second round pick for a a team that a a receiver that by the way, needed receivers didn't even want anymore. I don't get that at all, but they have that extra pick now at the top of the second round. And there's going to be like an Anton Harrison from Oklahoma or Darnell Wright from Tennessee, or somebody who is a good offensive tackle is going to be there for them. So get the best player on the board like you said whether it's Nolan Smith you can never have too many edge rushers Heisman's going to be a free agent after next year you know you can never go wrong there um a defensive lineman if you like Kalijah Cansey, you know right across the street from Pittsburgh and he fits what you want to do on defense you feel like then you can get him Jordan Addison another former Pitt guy could come in and play you know Do you think you that's think a it-
0: possibility? I don't feel like that's in play at 17 I, you know, I, it would be, I don't it be, a I mean never say never, if it were, but yeah. yeah.
2: I never say never, but these are just some options that they have. And and so I think really offensive line, defensive line, a cornerback, like, look, if Devon Witherspoon is still there and they feel like they need more help at that position, they have a lot of different options there. So I think you're right. You just pick the, the guy that's on your board at the top. They have enough needs where they can, they can meet one of those with a really good player.
0: Is that, do you think that it's circumstantial or just blindly, I you know, I, I've always kind of thought, you know, best player available is the way to go. Because if you don't do that, I mean, I always think of the Browns like, well, we I, I don't even remember who it was, who they had re-signed. It wasn't Kelly Holcomb, but they were like, well, we, we're relatively good at QB, so we're going to take Kellen Winslow Jr., Yeah. Instead of Ben Roethlisberger from Miami of Ohio. Cause we just, we have our QBs good enough. We can get by. I I mean, that's always to me, the, the, the one, the highlight for all fans to me, if you're going best, best player available, if you're Pittsburgh, then, then do that. If you're trying to play ball in the AFC North and you're looking around at Jamar chase and now there's Odell Beckham for what that matters. Do you need some speed at corner? I mean, now they right. Patrick Peterson is their, is their top cornerback and he's right. 47 years old.
2: Right. Right. And I, and that's why I think they would look at him um, at that pick. If, if he was available, but I think corner is, the, there are some spots that have a little more depth this year and corners, one of them. So they could probably get a guy. And they've typically done that Steelers have typically picked up guys in, in second, third, fourth round um, as well at that position. So that wouldn't shock me if they waited, but Witherspoon's a good player. Um, he's not Denzel Ward in terms of an athlete. So like, I, I think he's better in the middle of the first round somewhere. Uh, but certainly I think that's that their, such in a situation. And Pittsburgh, look, they, they end up getting guys that fall because of one reason or another, they do that all the time. And, mm-hmm. and the they and the Ravens are are great at that and the chiefs. And there's a reason these teams have been successful over years is because they do things like that. But the fact is, is that you pick a best player available But there's always a tinge of need in there, right? I mean, I think you have to either if it's for this year or because a guy's going to become a free agent, like Cam Hayward's not going to play forever. So if you want a guy on the defensive line that you think could be like that, you you take him. So there's always a tinge of need in there, but still you stay true to your board. Well, like any team that doesn't feel like they need a quarterback, they're going to have the quarterbacks lower on their board than teams that need a quarterback. And then they say, oh, we just followed our board. Well, yeah, but... You know, there's some there's some need in there too, and and just bias. You know, like every human has biases about the way they see things, and you're going to view certain positions differently depending on where your ball club is at at the time.
0: It is funny to me that generally speaking, that these people who've devoted their lives to being personnel people, general managers, and all this, it occurs to me that you know, in the copycat league, the diversification over the last five to ten years has kind of expanded at the pro level and college football, which we always talk about. Everybody's running the spread. Now everybody is running more of the same offense at the college level. And it's about identifying what specific, like, I think the Patriots for their 20 year run had a very specific kind of player that wasn't necessarily let's sign him for big money onto our team now. Well, that's not going to work because he's not on the Patriots and that's it. I think Pittsburgh is that way. Baltimore, they're mirror images of each other. There are certain kinds of teams that need a certain kind of remember when teams were running three, four, you and I are, I'm a little older than you, but you remember like, well, that was a, a, a little bit of an advantage to you because other teams weren't looking for uh, right. OLBs the way you were. So you were just That's basically right. playing against yourself to see when you yep. were going to make the move for that, uh, for that edge rusher. Anyway. Um, one more thing about Pittsburgh is cause I've heard a fair amount of talk about this. Penny Pickett, where would he rank if he were in the draft class now? I mean, obviously uh, you're you you have seven or not 17 games, but you have half a season yeah. of, of pro ball now to evaluate against uh, these college kids.
2: Kenny Pickett would be probably, uh, late first, early second in this, in this, in this draft. Um, he would be in that conversation kind of with Hendon Hooker. Um, and and so he may be the fifth or sixth best quarterback in, Mm. in this draft. Well, I shouldn't say that he's actually, um, well, yeah, I think that's right because Will Levis is a kind of a weird situation as well um, right now. So he he may, but I think he's he would not be among the the top three. I don't think. Um, and and I and that says that I'm not trying to rip on him. I just think that the guys that are coming out this year, um, and we saw you know the quarterback situation last year. The thing is that there's no run. Um, it, it the demand for quarterbacks, well, I think they misevaluated the quarterbacks to be honest with you. i'm I i can not wait to see what Pickett and Desmond Ritter and Sam Howell do in the NFL this year. If all three of those guys turn out to be solid starters, then those guys were totally misevaluated by hmm. teams. But if they don't make it, then the teams are right and and they you know they didn't have it. Um, well, didn't have I it. it,
0: it it's funny. the thing i uh, that I, I've been pointing at the last couple of months quite a bit is. The three greatest quarterbacks. We obsess over this every year about quarterbacks. It's the most important position in all of sports, and yet the three best of the Super Bowl era are Tom Brady, who no one saw coming, Joe Montana, who very few saw coming or expected to be at the level he is, and Patrick Mahomes went behind two other guys too, or at least went by way. I'm trying to think. Well, at least he went behind Mitch Trubisky at minimum. Did he? He went behind uh, Watson as well, or did he? Either way, no,
2: no. Watson, Watson went after Mahomes, but you know what? After Mahomes, but anyway, yes. Mahomes was not on mock drafts first round mock drafts even after the combine last year at the, in that year in 2017 he wasn't even in much I put him in 26 in a mock draft after the combine nobody else was even putting him in the first round because so why does this happen
0: oh, is it traits that you can't ultimately pinpoint like I can um, see he's it, six foot four and he's two hundred and thirty pounds and he runs this fast and look at that arm right. he's got And ultimately, we can kind of evaluate anticipation throws, but we can't really know how well this kid steps to the line of scrimmage, pre snap and says like, oh, well, there's where I'm throwing the ball.
2: Well, I think it's also not only the traits that may or may not show up because Joe Montana certainly didn't have the traits that most teams were looking for but i think when they become successful it's because they were in the right situation with a with a coach that let them become what they are instead of trying to change them into something they're not hmm. lamar jackson if he goes to some other team that makes him just sit in the pocket the whole time and and you know do these read the whole field and all this stuff he may not have become mvp but the ravens with greg roman they knew how to use him at his best Joe Montana goes to another team with Bo- Bill Walsh not willing to become run what be- eventually became the West Coast offense. He doesn't become the guy that that we all know he becomes. By the way, Bill Walsh uh wor- worked under uh, uh oh my gosh, I'm, I'm blanking now on the Chargers uh Air Coryell, Don Coryell. Oh, he worked right, under right. Don Coryell who was like a vertical guy. So Bill Walsh was, you know, he, he, but he saw what he Joe Montana was best at, and he played to that. Patrick Mahomes goes to Andy Reid. He sits for a year, by the way, which people forget, mm-hmm. with Alex Smith there, and he could learn the game. He could learn what Andy Reid wanted him to do and make the event. So I think it's a bunch of things. It's circumstances, whether you play right away or whether you get some time to, you know, learn the game and mature. Um, if there's so much that goes into it that you're not going to be. But the other thing is, oh, why don't you wait until the third round to get Russell Wilson or Joe Montana or whoever? Well, there's a ton of guys who were picked in the second, third, sixth round who never became anything. So if you look over history, the the chances are the guys picked in the first round become the best guys. That's just like the percentages play that. But there are exceptions. And the exceptions come when you, sometimes it's um, mental things that you can't quantify, but sometimes it's a measure of, of situation and coaches doing their best to take advantage of their, of the players uh, talents.
0: All right, then let's say as soon as we finish up here, I close my laptop. I take it. I dig a hole in the backyard and I bury it. And five years from now, I dig it back up and I open up this laptop to see what we left off with. Who does Chad say is that guy who is not a first round pick who everybody looks back on and says, why the hell didn't that guy go? In the why wasn't he a first?
2: R- yeah, exactly. Um, you know, that's a great question. Um, just kind of looking through my list here to see who who I would
0: say could be that guy. I'll throw um, one name at you while you while you think about it. Okay, okay. Maybe he's not gonna be. I feel like Michael Meyer or Michael Mayer. Yeah. How do you say his yeah. name? Michael Mayor. Mayer. Michael Mayer. Mayer. I yeah. keep calling them both. I, I I go back and forth. Eddie Spaghetti's yeah. vexed with me because he's uh, our Irish fan on the show. Yeah. Um, but I feel like that guy. Feels to me like, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like people are gonna be like, oh man, what were we doing? Like, tight end is a weird position to draft because it feels like you only do it when you need to do it. But I feel like more and more teams are putting two tight ends on the field on first down. And so to like to me, that's the guy the Steelers should be taking for real. It's 17. I'd love that.
2: Yeah. Here's the thing. And I, and I totally agree. Um, I was trying to think of guys down the board a little bit, but in terms of guys that could go like late first, that should be like picked higher. He would be the number one guy on my list because, um, and that's why I I might end up putting him 15 to the Packers anyway, because look, he is so much like a Jason Witten, um, who was a third round pick, by the way. Uh, Jimmy Graham was a third round pick. Tight ends can fall a little bit further than they should. And, and, and I think Mayer's average athleticism may cause him to fall. Down oh, he's not but,
0: like I. he strikes me as a, such a moose that he's going to be right. a hammer in the blocking game. It'll be fine. Yes. It work in the seam for the next right. like no, 12, he, 15 he, years.
2: He, he, you don't have to be the fastest guy on the planet to be a good tight end because you're working against, you know, linebackers that are a, either a lot smaller than you or that are bigger and aren't as fast. So you can make that work. And he's a reliable receiver, which is totally underrated, by the way, um, who can move the chains and make big plays. And like you said, he's a blocker. And so, like, for example, Green Bay or Pittsburgh, any team that wants to run the ball really effectively could use a guy like that because he's really a dual threat guy in terms of a blocker and receiver. And and he can work the red zone. He can do a lot of stuff. So, yes, in terms of a guy who's a late first who could be like, why wasn't he, you know, top 15 pick? He's the number one guy for me. Um, if you're looking for a guy who may end up falling into the second round, maybe, and, and we looked on the board, what, what was that all about? Brian Branch from Alabama, the safety, hmm. he's not the fastest guy. He's not an elite guy. They, they really screwed him over by putting him with the cornerbacks instead of the safeties at the combine. So it made him look even worse than he really was in terms of his athleticism, but he's so, but he's such a good football player. I mean, he, he does he's the best player in Alabama's defense And, and Alabama's got some fantastic defensive players. So like, I think he's going to do a little bit of everything. He's going to play around the line of scrimmage. He's going to be great in coverage. So that's a guy that could go on the second round um, that we could be seeing in pro bowls for a long time to come.
0: Man. there are so many different ways and you talk about that 32nd pick that the Steelers now have I think that's the guy depending on what happens at 17 there yeah watch watch him watch him at 32 there I I, I really like that but Michael Mayer going to the bungles that is a perfect fit and then you you talk about getting vexed because if you're drafting at the top then your team presumably wasn't good last year and it does feel like You know, when you're a bad team, you're just a drip in a big bucket. Like, that's not going to fill all our needs. But then you look at different teams like the Bungles and the Chiefs, and now you're you're adding a finishing piece to an already finished product is kind of what it feels like to me. I wonder, first of all, do the Bungles need to sooner rather than later? And then I promise I'll let you go. um, Do they need to do something to – to move on from Jonah Williams or do they let that sit? Do they have to ignore best player available to try and fix that up? Cause you know, that's, that's what, yeah. and then the other one is, cause Michael Mayer would, would, would be a, a nice, I mean, imagine him with the, with the pass catchers they already have. I know,
2: I know. Plus
0: mixing. I don't know what's going to happen there. Do they need to yeah. move on from him and go for Bijan Robinson? And then the other one that I think of is, the chiefs, it, it just feels like they're inevitably going to get like a player who were all the rest of the league is like, now the chiefs get that guy. Cause there are yeah. enough good players that somebody dandy is going to fall in Andy Reed's lap. You have Hyatt going there, but yeah. it does feel so, like you have so many pass catchers. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm babbling because there's yeah, so yeah. many options no, in the back right. half now.
2: Yeah. So Cincinnati is, they've, Got into a place where they are good enough, but still have enough needs that they could really go, you know, try to get themselves over the top and the arms race in the AFC. And that's why I have like Buffalo and Kansas city moving up in the first round, because they got to stay on top of each other because that that's going to be so competitive for the next few years mm-hmm. that both of those teams could end up moving up again this year to get that wide receiver, to get that, or edge rusher to get the guy that could really put them over the top and, you know, and, and, or try to, or Kansas city's, you know, stay on top. And, and I think, but if Kansas city stays where they are, they could get a guy like Brian Brzee from Clemson, who would basically be like the George Karloftis of this draft, you know, not a super, you know, mm-hmm. agile athlete or whatever, but just a really hardworking guy to, to fit in that defense. So Call you know, the high motor them, guy, go ahead. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, that's what he is, but, but they know, that their so their defense was average last year, and not a lot of Super Bowl winners have average defenses. But their offense was so good. You want to sometimes you want to want to you know um, fix your weaknesses in the draft, but sometimes you want to strengthen your strengths. And I think with um, Juju Smith, Smith Sh, Juju Smith Schuster gone, with Macaulay Hardman gone, yeah, Sky Moore will fit in. Kadarius Tony could fit in, but I really think they want another receiver to really um, keep that offense going as much as possible so I think they'll look to get another receiver early in the draft if not the first round second round Um, so I think Kansas City will keep going the Bengals will keep trying to add offensive pieces or defensive pieces because they have needs on defense so the back end of this draft and I'm not going to project I will never project Cincinnati moving up until they actually do it because they just don't do it ever but but Cincinnati at least in the first round but, uh, but, uh, but Kansas city likes to do it. They're aggressive. They, they like to go for that. Buffalo's got to go for it to, to keep up with them. So the back half of the draft, the first round is going to be interesting to see if these guys are just super aggressive or, you know, Hey, we'll just see what comes to us. And it's we'll an see. offense
0: I, league. And I think they could claim, yeah, we did address the defense last year. Look at what we did. We played a lot of rookies in high leverage spots. Right. fans, I gotta I uh, And if you look at what's worked and obviously the major adjustment moving on from Tyreek Hill, I think Kadarius, yeah. Tony, if you trust, he's going to behave um, they're set up there. I think if yeah. Kincaid falls or mayor falls, well, we're going to we're, we're, right. we're, we're all face palm. Like why did, why did we let this happen to, to, to the rest of the league that now yeah, they have Kelsey's that guy. Getting,
2: yeah. Kelsey's not getting any younger. Um, They're going to have to replace him. So if they got a Kincaid to like come in with him and Noah gray, um, you know, look, that's, that's really dangerous. Those three tight end sets could be really, really a pain for everybody too. So they have a lot of options. It's so funny when you get that quarterback, everything else just general managers keep their jobs for a decade when they get that quarterback. And, and it's so, so that's why it's so important to try to find your guy. Um, And by the way, if you don't find your guy and it's two years and you don't think he's it and now he's out, you don't get three or four years in that's right. It's two years and gone. So, uh, so that's the way it is in the league right now. So Zach Wilson gone jets. It's just, just the way it is. He, they, they, they messed him up by putting him in right away. They shouldn't have done that. They should have had a veteran there that played and let him learn. They didn't do it. Uh, you know, the jets have admitted as much. Now they'll get Aaron Rodgers in there. And I don't know if that's going to help Wilson or hurt Wilson, but we'll see.
0: Oh, he's looking forward to learning at the knee of Aaron Rodgers, who we know uh-huh. is going to be a giving, uh, mentor to the kid. Right. Let's go into yeah. darkness for the next six days together. Um, last question. And then this is absolutely it. Who's the starting quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens in 2023? Lamar Jackson. You think so? Huh? I think that yes. Odell probably makes him probably a little more enthused about returning.
2: Well, look, the, the Ravens are not going to trade them unless they get major amounts of, you know, they get everything they want. And I- I don't know who's going to trade for him.
0: I know, but there's no way. The thing I keep saying is there's no way that the Ravens can have Lamar Jackson sitting there in like, like Levy and bell in Pittsburgh. Like you can't be at the end of September, early October and be like, Hey, he doesn't want to play for us, Baltimore fans. What are we supposed to do? Hey, good luck to Ty Huntley this weekend. Like that's just not going to be a satisfying result for a Ravens fan. No, but, but I don't think
2: Jackson is going to do that. Um, I don't think quarterbacks can do that. Like a running back. I can see because a running back, you only have so many miles on you. And and he, he was like, Hey, I'll wait it out. I'll let it go. I don't think, I I think Lamar plays. I don't think he sits out. I really don't. I I think he's too competitive. Um, He's like, yeah, well, you know what? You can franchise tag me if you want. I'm going to play and I'm going to bet on myself. And uh, because, you know, look, a guy who doesn't have an agent has supreme confidence in himself. And um, he, he's just going to go out there and play and earn a big contract, and somebody's going to have to, you know, pony up eventually. So that that's what I think is going to happen.
0: If the offensive line is right there, man, they have no excuses. Assuming it's Lamar right. Jackson with uh, with the pieces they have, I mean, Bateman coming back, plus Mark Andrews, plus Odell, plus Dobbins, and they they kept Gus the bus right. They they, they didn't right right. right. They're loaded. Up. They'll,
2: they'll pick some more guys too. So it, it's yeah. yeah. if He's healthy. If Lamar's healthy, um, you know. Watch out for them. Can I tell you something,
0: Chad? I'm now ready for the NFL draft. Let's get hey. to it. Let's cut out all the jive. I see people who don't even watch college football are now doing mock drafts and everything else. We, <laughs> go, we go to an OG, the Genuine article. Chad Ryder, awesome stuff as always. Sorry for sucking up so much of your time there. No, but, I'm great. Uh, enjoy, it was great. Enjoy SoCal uh, as long as you're out here, pal. Great Yeah, times. man.
2: I appreciate it, man. And uh, thanks
0: for having me on. Always enjoy it. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play!
3: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business.
0: All right. Great stuff, Eddie Spaghetti. Anything jump out at you there? Sorry, I just ran so long. I was going to get to your gents and a number of other things, but pretty meaty conversation as it was.
1: Uh, I mean, no, it's totally fine with the Giants. I know Chad and his mock has them trading with the uh, the Chiefs, so the Chiefs could uh, bump up a little bit to 25 and get a receiver. I think the Giants are in a pretty boring position. that They're they're going to probably take interior O-line or maybe a cornerback, maybe a receiver, um, so it's okay passing it. The thing that did jump out, is, and I agree with you, Michael Mayer, it's very strange to see that he, you know, in some mocks, I've seen him be out of the first round and be the third tight end take. And a lot of people are in love with uh, Utah's Dalton Kincaid. Uh, Not take away from him, but I mean, Mayor. From his time, Notre Dame, Notre Dame has put out a lot of tight ends into the, the to pro football recently. You can go on the, the laundry list of guys they've had there. And to me, he was far and away the best one. He was a difference maker. He was the focal point of the offense through a time where they never really had a stud quarterback. It was a lot of guys who came in, you know, you had your Jack Cone transfer and you, you had uh, the, the issues last year with Drew Pine, obviously filling in um, and, and then Ian Booker, who was great. But again, a, a mid-level prospect, that, you know, the, the mainstay there was Michael Mayer, and that's why he was called Mini Gronk, because he has that similar frame and stature to him. He can block. He will go up and get the ball, so I think his, you know, the athleticism, like Chad said, is average. Is he going to be what Travis Kelsey is and do jet sweeps? Absolutely not. But can he go up and get a ball way up in the air, like with his size? He absolutely can. Um, I, I love him and I think he'll be a, a steal for whatever team gets him.
0: Yeah. He's more Gronk and Bavaro than he is Kelsey, but that's not a bad thing. No. Um, Anyway, great stuff from from Chad. There, really good. Go check out uh, his work at NFL.com. He also is talking about ideal fits. He's got a number of pieces out there on NFL media. So uh, so worth your time if you're one of these uh, these draft Knicks, which I think pretty much all pro football fans are these days. Um, like I said, at the top of the show, we got to get our NHL. We'll have a clear picture of what the Stanley Cup playoff matchups are going to look like by Thursday and uh, and also the NBA playoffs. We'll have our picks for you there with Kevin Hench later in the week. In the meantime, make sure you're checking out all the great uh, stuff going out from the Extra Points. Go to extrapoints.com. In fact, that's where you find everything um, and uh, all the great shows, including we'll record with uh, Sal and uh, Marty Weiss on Tuesday. We'll have a fresh episode there for you and beyond. And until Thursday, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.